Hi there, and welcome back to Truth Diving. We've been leading up to studying the story in the life of David. Last week, we began setting up this backstory, and we started with 1 Samuel chapter 8. We talked about how the people, before they had a king, they had Samuel, a prophet of God, serving as judge over Israel. But they came and they wanted a king over themselves so that they would look like everyone else. They rejected God as their king, and they wanted a king to rule over them like all the other nations around them. And God warned them about what would happen if they had an earthly king. But he ultimately told them if they wanted to reject God as their king in favor of this earthly king, then he would appoint and he would raise up a king for them to rule them. And so this is where we pick up now, and we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapters 9-15. through 15. I encourage you to sit and read these whole chapters. They're not that long. You can read all of them in about 20 minutes. But right now we're just going to we're just going to skim over them, highlight some things and just quickly look at some of the main events in them. In the beginning of first of first Samuel chapter 9, we're introduced to this man named Saul. It says that he's of the clan of Benjamin. He's the son of Kish. In verse 2, it says that he was he stood out in appearance from everyone else. He was taller from the shoulders up than anyone any of the other men. And this is going to be significant when we look at the way he has this appearance of one who would be king, especially when we look at David and his appearance when David's appointed as king. But we read here that there were that Saul's father had donkeys that were missing. So Saul and some of his men went to find these donkeys. They went to a city where they knew that a prophet would be. And they didn't know Samuel personally, but they knew him as a prophet. They knew a prophet lived there. So they were going to go and ask this prophet to help them find the donkeys to direct them. But we see here in verse 15 that the day before this happened, the Lord spoke to Samuel. And the Lord said to him that, Around this time tomorrow, a man from the clan of Benjamin is going to come, and he's the one I want. He's the one I want appointed as king over Israel. So when Saul comes and starts asking about this prophet, and and the Lord told Samuel that this is the man, this is the man I want you to make king. And Samuel said, "I'm the prophet, and I'll help you find the donkeys. But first, tonight, just eat with me, spend the night, and then tomorrow we'll take care of everything." So the next day, in chapter 10, we see Samuel anoint Saul with oil and tell him that he was chosen to be king over Israel. Samuel sends Saul on his way, sends him to go ahead of him to a place called Gilgal. He said to go there and to wait for him for seven days, and then Samuel is going to come, and he's going to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices, and then he's going to show Saul what he should do next. And Samuel also tells him that when he leaves on his way over there, he's going to come to a group of prophets. And that he's even going to prophesy with them that the spirit of the Lord's going to come upon Saul. That he's going to be a new man with the spirit of the Lord empowering him. Empowering him to prophesy and empowering him to show that he has been chosen to be this king over Israel. So we go on and we see... Samuel proclaiming Paul as king. He's announcing to all of Israel that he's going to be the king. 
And we see in verses 18 and 19 that Samuel takes a moment to remind the people. Samuel reminds them that they have rejected God as their king. And because of that, now this man Saul is going to rule over them as king. So Saul rules as king. And then we come to chapter 13. And we see in verse 8, verse 8, we see Saul, we see Saul once again at Gilgal waiting for Samuel, waiting for him to come and do these sacrifices again. But this time in verses 8 through 14, we see that instead of waiting the full seven days like he's supposed to, Saul got anxious. He didn't think Samuel was coming. The people were starting to leave. And so Saul took it upon himself to make these sacrifices. He wasn't supposed to make these offerings. He was supposed to wait for Samuel. But he he took it upon himself. He went by his own judgment and decided to make these sacrifices for himself. And when Samuel comes, we see that because of this, Samuel tells Saul that the Lord, that the Lord is not going to make Saul's kingdom endure forever. That because of this, his kingdom will not last. We want to especially look at verses 13 and 14 here. Samuel tells Saul that the king that that God will not establish his kingdom forever, and he tells Saul that the Lord was looking for a man after his own heart. And again, this is one of those things that's going to stand out once we get to David and we compare David with Saul. But this did not immediately end Saul's kingship. Saul still, Saul still served as the king, but because of this, because of these things, we, we know that his kingdom will eventually end. And we see that in chapter 14 that Saul is constantly at war. As he's king, he's constantly fighting with the Philistines. And in verse 52, we read that not only is Saul constantly at war, but it says that whenever Saul, whenever Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he attached them to himself. And this is a reflection of exactly what Samuel warned the people about. That if they had an earthly king over them, not only would he take the best of their stuff, but he would take their strong men and he would use them for his own army. And that's exactly what Saul is doing here. So then in chapter 15, we see that Saul is told to go to the city of Amalek, to go and make, make war with the city there. And he's told specifically to destroy everything in that city. He's told to take nothing captive, to spare nothing, but to destroy and devote everything there to destruction. But in verses 10 to 12 of that chapter, we see that Samuel finds out that Saul did not follow the Lord's commandments, that he spared Agag and they spared the livestock of Amalek. So, and Samuel's told that Saul turned from the Lord. He turned from the Lord and set up a monument for himself. So Samuel comes and first, in verse 13, we see Saul saying that he followed the commandments of the Lord. He said, I did what the Lord commanded. But when Samuel calls him out on it, he changes and in verse 15, he says, well, we devoted everything to destruction except the good things. We took the good things and we saved those so that we could use them and sacrifice and make offerings to the Lord. But Samuel told Saul in verses in verse 22, 
He said, and Samuel said, as the Lord has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. So we see that this time, because of Saul's disobedience, the Lord actually rejects Saul as king. That the first time when he did not follow the commandments, when he made those unlawful sacrifices, there were consequences. But now Saul did it again, and now he's continuing to turn from God. He set up monuments for himself. He kept some of the things that he was supposed to destroy. He kept them for himself. He kept them against the Lord's commandments. And now God was rejecting him from, from king, and God was actually going to remove his anointing, remove this kingship from Saul, remove his spirit from Saul as king. And this really shows us the seriousness of God's word, the seriousness that we need to take what God says and what God commands. Saul was one who was, he was anointed to be a servant of God. He was chosen to follow God follow God's commandments and to lead the people into following God. He had the spirit of the Lord with him to enable him to help him to strengthen him to do these to follow in the Lord but when he chose and he rejected to turn from God he turned from God he rejected what God had commanded and he turned to what he thought was best what he wanted then he also was rejected by God. He was chosen to serve God, but when he turned from that, God removed that anointing from Saul. So as we go on, we're going to see what happens next, what happens after the Spirit of the Lord left Saul, after he is rejected as king over Israel. And we're going to see how that leads us into what happens next as David as king over Israel. So thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll tune in again next time.